Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare, a medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine. He is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right, welcome to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show here. I am your host, Dr. Luis Sandoval, and welcome to the clinic where we take care of our physical health, our spiritual health, and our uh, bodily, uh, excuse me, our emotional health. Um, today, uh, we have a special show for you in that we are talking about uh, Advent. It's not Christmas yet. You know, it's not Christmas yet. We're so ready uh, to <clears throat> to look at Christmas time and to say, hey, um, you know, let's start decorating everything. And don't get me wrong, boy, I love to decorate. I love the Christmas season. Um, but I got to remind myself, we are not in the Christmas season. But here at the top of the hour, let's start off with praying the Angelus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, that grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection. Do the same, Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle, and be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl around the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. <clears throat> well, what are we talking about today? Why am I saying it's not Christmas? It is Advent. It's important to consider this because, you know, as we get into the holiday season, we just had Thanksgiving and we think, oh man, yeah, the season's up. And what do we know about Thanksgiving? Well, I remember as a kid, I used to love Thanksgiving because I used to say, oh man, I would probably go to my aunt's house and family would get together and she made the best stuffing. I didn't care about anything else. She just made really good stuffing, a little stuffing with some gravy on the side. That to me was Thanksgiving. Boy, the smells of the holiday, all that pumpkin and the different things going on. That was wonderful. You know, Thanksgiving came and went and right after Thanksgiving, as we get old, you know, when I was a kid, it was like, oh, that's cool. We get to go to school. And then we start talking about Christmas. You know, as an adult, all of a sudden, what's going on in Thanksgiving? Well, now we're talking about shopping because that's when all the sales come out and we got to start getting all of our presents and we got to start celebrating Christmas again, only adult style, right? Yeah, we're going to decorate and we're going to get into Christmas. But something happens. I think that we kind of lose uh, the season of Advent because between Thanksgiving and Christmas, there is a whole long season of a month. Um where there is no Christmas holiday yet. There's no Christmas holiday yet. And in fact, I was telling my wife this year, you know, I want to celebrate it right. I don't want to start celebrating Christmas before Christmas, before Christmas time. Uh, Christmas time, you know, we hear the different carols and we hear that one particular carol, the 12 days of Christmas. 
When people start thinking that 12 days of Christmas start 12 days before Christmas, well, in reality, no, it doesn't. Uh, the 12 days of Christmas are starting after Christmas, you know, Christmas until, uh, until the, um, the epiphany, right? So all of a sudden that's when the 12 days of Christmas happen and all of a sudden the three kings come in. We don't really understand how to celebrate Christmas time, or at least I, I should say, you know, some Catholics do, but in society, <clears throat> we don't, you know, we get to Christmas and then people leave their decorations up usually till new year's because gosh the decorations are pretty and why not we're going to have new year's day come about and then let's take them down and, and we're back to normal when in reality we are you know we're in the octave of christmas and then after that it's christmas tide and if anybody really wants to celebrate all of christmas time correctly we would celebrate it until february 2nd uh, when we do our holy candles and we bless our holy candles that's that's the true christmas right there <clears throat> so this year what i'm planning on doing what i'm hoping to do is well i decorate for christmas of course you know get the kids ready but like i just said get the kids ready i want them to know it's a preparation and i think i want to do it right i think that the first thing that i'm going to put out this year is going to be the advent wreath and not the christmas tree so um hopefully that that'll work we'll see <laughs> if there's no mutiny on the bounty with the kids on that one um but we'll see because i really want them to understand you know there's a reason for the advent wreath and i think the advent wreath kind of gets put on the side um, when it, during Advent time, it should probably really be the central, the central aspect of our preparation, the central, um, thoughts as to why are we doing this? Why are we doing Advent? What are we preparing for? Uh, why do we decorate the tree? I really want it to be a family time. Why is this important? You know, why is this important here to talk about in the clinic? Because we got to ask ourselves, what does Advent represent? And what does that mean for us in our health, in terms of our spiritual health, our physical health, and our mental health? If we look at Advent, what is Advent really? It's the start of the liturgical year. That's when our liturgical year starts, right? So we don't have a, we, we go different from the, the annual calendar. We don't say, oh, the liturgical year is going to start January 1st. No, the liturgical year starts in Advent, right? So whenever the first Sunday of Advent is, that's when we say, okay, let's start focusing on our faith from the start. I think it's a great way to, to, to follow our faith and to start thinking, why is this happening the way it's happening? Why this is the kind of the psychology of our faith, if you will, if I'm going to get psychiatrically nerdy about this, you know, the psychology of the faith is not so much what we do, but really asking, why do we do it? Not so much what did Christ say, but why did he say it? Why are things happening? That's really the psychology behind anything. When we start asking the why, why are things going on? And in Advent, why is it that we start Advent? Why would we start Advent, um, you know, the beginning of, of around December time? Um, <clears throat> you know, December 25th, it's going to be the birth of Christ. On December 25th is the birth of Christ. Then in March has to be the Annunciation. You know, we look at these things and we look at it from a very humanistic calendar point of view, and that's great. But the question is, why do we even have a start? Let's go back even further. Why do we even have a calendar year that's cyclical? Why aren't we just moving forward? How can we restart everything? I think it's a beautiful, beautiful way to remember that there's always a new beginning, that we can go back in the way that God made us. You know, he shows us with the seasons every year. You know, we, we have the seasons over and over. It's a cycle, right? We can plant something, it'll grow, it'll die. And guess what? Then there's going to be new, new birth, new growth. I think Advent is a great time to start to prepare in that way. You know, in our mental health, a lot of times I see people in clinic and they come in and a lot of the, and I say they, you know, I'm, I'm in the same boat where a lot of times we feel like 
something I've done, something I'm experiencing, there's no end to this. This is it. It's final. It's over. There's no recovery. My life is in shambles. I'm in a dead end job. My relationship is over. So many different things that we carry, so many different burdens, and we don't see a way out. We, we just say, that's it. It's over. That's, that's just how it goes. Um, and there's no getting better. There's no me lifting from anything. Advent, I think, is a great time to remind ourselves as Catholics that, hey, guess what? There's always a new beginning. You know, regardless of what's going on, there's going to be life, the birth of Christ. There's going to be death on the crucifixion or for us, our winter. You know, we always think of winter as a time of death. And it's interesting that we begin Advent right before winter starts, right? Right at the, right at the end of the fall, right before winter starts. But in that time where we could even argue, gosh, this is a time of death. This is a time. Why would we be having Advent now? Shouldn't Advent be in the spring? Isn't that when things should start over? Actually, no, I like this. I like the fact that Advent starts at the time of darkness, at the time where there is, shall we say, nature is dying uh, in, in wintertime. Why would you like that, Dr. Sandoval? That's so morbid. What are you talking about? No, I think it's because we have to take a realistic look at our life, our cycle, and what happens in our life. So let's look at this. Okay, Advent starts in the wintertime. In the wintertime, it's when we are in the darkest time of the years, in the darkest time of our lives, shall we say, we're going to use it as a metaphor, and we feel that there's no hope, right? But when we're feeling that way, this is what I tell patients, wait for it. I say, wait for it. And what does that mean? It means that something's going to happen, and right now is our time to prepare we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what awesomeness God's going to have in store for us. We don't know what gifts God's going to have because God's going to have in store for us. We don't know what's going to happen, but we got to prepare for that. We got to prepare for that. It's funny because, you know, Christmas, what, what I think of as Christmas. So I said, Thanksgiving, man, Thanksgiving was awesome, right? It's a food holiday. And now as adults, it's a food shopping holiday is what it seems like. At least my relatives who I talked to, they start looking at, or even my friends, they start looking at all what we call the Black Friday deals. And we're going to get this deal. And this is going to be awesome. And this is going to be better. And, you know, we keep looking at all these things to purchase, to buy. And, and, uh, and that's great. And we're preparing for that, right? Every people prepare for black Friday. They're like, Ooh, I'm going to get all the flyers. I'm going to check the prices. I'm going to check this stuff for Christmas. It's the same thing. All of a sudden the next time, the next, uh, next big holiday out is Christmas. And what are we doing? We're preparing for Christmas. We're getting people gifts, right? So I prepare for Christmas by getting people gifts. I wonder though, am I preparing to receive gifts? I don't always think that I'm always preparing for Christmas and we say, Oh, it's a time for gift giving. And so what am I doing? I'm giving people gifts, right? I'm, I'm going to go and I'm going to do my shopping list. And I'm going to have my names and I'm going to check off what did I get for whom? But at the same time, and we say, you know, Oh, I don't expect to get anything. I don't expect to get anything. I would, I want to look at it a little bit differently this year, especially for the kids, because the kids are expecting to get something, right? They're expecting gifts on Christmas. If all of a sudden there's no gifts on Christmas, it's like, Oh my goodness, what's going on? But I want them to prepare in a different way, not so much for physical gifts. I want them to start looking at spiritual gifts. And I think that this is a way as adults, we got to look at this. I got to start to prepare to receive gifts, not physical gifts for my friends. But if we're going to look, this is Christmas season. Christ is going to be born. Christ hopefully will be born in my heart. Am I preparing for that gift? You know, am I pre I'm preparing my list to give my list to give to other people. Um, but am I preparing for my gift? So I know that every year my wife does this and I think it's beautiful. Uh, she tells the kids, she says, Hey, if you guys are, you know, making your lists of Christmas of, of gifts that you want for Christmas, okay, you're going to be getting stuff. What are you going to give away? What are you going to give away? And so that's, that can be a little bit hard to swallow, but Hey, if you're going to prepare for something good, what are you going to give away in this time of death and this preparation of death? 
so that we can receive gifts of new life. More on those thoughts when we come back on the other side of the break. Welcome back to Dr. Luis Sandoval's show here on Virgin's Most Powerful Radio. It's always a pleasure to be here with you, as always. Uh, feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions, thoughts, comments, or want to hear any particular topics on the show. My email address is dr.sandovalvmpr at gmail.com. Again, that's vmpr at gmail.com. Always a pleasure to listen to uh, um, to receive messages from our listeners. I try to get back to each listener. Uh, sometimes it takes me a week or two, so please be patient with me. Um, if you have any emergencies, always go to your uh, local hospital emergency department or your local doctor. Um, but if you have questions on the faith, uh, general questions you want answered, or just kind of thoughts and want to chat, feel free to reach out. Always a pleasure to talk. Today we're talking about Advent uh, and the Advent season and why I feel like it kind of just kind of gets lost there in, in the midst of the holiday season, right? We hear Thanksgiving, we hear Christmas, but we don't hear Advent. And really the idea of Advent, I think, is actually very, very beautiful. I think when we talk about preparation uh, for Christmas, I think it's a reminder that we have to die um, before we see life. It's really a preparation for life. Dying is really a preparation for life if we think of it that way. You know, we're so worried in this world. Um, I see it all the time, you know, when I'm when I'm in the hospital and I have to go to the ICUs or I have to deal with families who are struggling um, because their family member is about to pass away. And they're really struggling about a lot of physical things in this world. You know, they start asking about the will. They start asking about what, you know, <clears throat> keep him alive because I need to go say bye to him. I need to, you know, do this. And because, it, you know, I never got a chance to say goodbye or I wasn't nice to them or I need to go do my apologies now. And a lot of things happen on the deathbed, as we call it. Uh, you know, when somebody's passing away, it's very interesting to see the family dynamics. It's interesting to see what's happening. Um, and we see it as a moment of death. We see it as a finality. But if we're going to have the Christian faith and we, and we know that there's a life after death, really, when we're talking about what we call death here on earth, it sounds like it's a preparation for life. You know, it's a preparation for the afterlife. Our time here reminds us that our time here is a preparation for the afterlife. It's interesting to think of it that way. And I think Advent is the same way. We start our liturgical year in the winter. We start our liturgical year of Advent in the time of death, on the deathbed. Why? Because we're starting to prepare for eternal life and we're starting to prepare for the life that Christ brings. And what a great way to celebrate it on Christmas Day, which is when Christ is born. Christ is born on Christmas Day. We have brand new life in the middle of death, in the middle of the winter. I think that's a beautiful, beautiful um, imagery. I think you can think of it as the phoenix. It's the bird that rises out of the ashes, right? There's life in the midst of death. It doesn't make sense. It's an anomaly. It's a paradox, but it's a paradox that Christ brings into our hearts. And I think that that's what I love about the season of Advent. All of a sudden it's this preparation for life, um, preparation for gifts. And am I ready to receive the gifts? Before the break, I was talking about how every year my wife tells the kids, Hey, you got to start giving away some of your toys and it hurts. It hurts them. They say, no, but I love that. And my wife says, oh, please, you haven't looked at it for two years. It was in the top of the closet and you only saw it because I brought it down to give it away. You didn't even know it was there. And they swear that it's the best 
toy ever or the best item ever. And my wife's like, nope, got to go. You know, unless you're really fine, I better see you playing with it. I better say, you know, so there is a death to that. If we say you got to get rid of some stuff because you're going to be receiving more things. I think that that's what God teaches us. God, you know, Jesus always talked about death. He said, unless a grain of wheat fall to the ground and die, it remains a single grain. But if it dies, it will real, yield a, re, a rich harvest. I think that that's what Advent is about. It's the middle of death. We got to die to certain things. But it's because we're preparing. When I see this in the hospital and I see people passing away and I see the family members coming, you know, everybody's like, are you ready for death? But I think that people weren't prepared for life. Am I prepared? And follow me on this one. Am I prepared for people around me to be alive? I'm preparing for death all the time. You know, we go and we buy grave, grave plots and we go to look at the cemetery for the time we die and we prepare for that. But on a daily basis, I want to look at the season of Advent of, am I preparing for today? Am I preparing for the fact that we are alive today? And hopefully we'll be alive in eternity with our Lord. But am I preparing to be alive today? And not just me. Am I preparing to realize that other people are alive? Am I preparing to realize that I need to be kind to people, that I need to reach out to people, that I need to be present for people and that they are alive around me um, so that when it does come for that time, that passing that we call death, uh, I don't feel like I'm in such a rush. I feel like, you know what? I was able to speak to that person. I was able to, to be there for that person. I was able to talk to that person and I will see them in the next life. I think that that's really what Advent is about. Advent is a time I'm, I'm going to prepare. I'm going to die to myself. I'm going to die to what I am going to um, face in this life. I'm going to die to my desires. I'm going to die to, uh, my passions. I'm going to die to that, which I think is so important in life. I'm going to quiet myself. I'm going to discipline myself. I'm going to focus on Christ because I think that I'm, what I'm really preparing for by giving all that away is I'm really preparing for Christ to be born in my heart. You know, it's kind of like, I can only imagine if you ever read the desert fathers and the monks that went out, uh, into the desert, there is a death that takes place. There's an ascetical death that we call it, leaving the things of this world. It's painful. It hurts. It can even cause a depression. It can cause somebody to be sad um, and, and feel very left out about things and feel very alone. But why did they do that? You're saying, gosh, if that's so painful, why would in the world would you go off and live like a hermit in the desert and not have anything? And if it's going to be painful, why do that? Because what's the reward? It's a preparation for life in Christ. It's a preparation for Christ coming into our hearts and really uh, filling us with real life, right? That's what Christmas should be about. I hope that there's a manger in every household and not just a Christmas tree and, and Santa decorations, right? It's the birth of Christ. It's Christ's birthday. If he shows up to my house today, is he going to walk in? Or I shouldn't say today, if he shows up to my house on Christmas time, when my house is decorated for Christmas, is he going to walk in and say, Hey, this is my birthday party. Or is he going to walk in and say, Hey, this is for some guy named Santa Claus. I'm not going to show. I think I came to the wrong place. I better leave. You know, we got to ask ourselves that because then at the end of the day, what is it that we are celebrating? What is it that we're celebrating for Christmas and Advent? All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Advent wreath. Um, <clears throat> I think it's an important thing. I think that I'm going to put that up for sure uh, right there front and center uh, in my house um, so that the kids can see it. And the Advent wreath, I think, is great. Four candles, right? Three purple, one pink. And what I want to do this season for anybody listening I have one Advent wreath to give away. Um, and for any of my listeners, again, you can email me at doctor, that's dr.sandovalvmpr at gmail.com. You email me and you let me know, here's what I want to know. I want you to do your research. I want you to tell me a few things. So this is the deal in order for, I only have one Advent wreath to give away. So make sure you write this down. 
All right. <clears throat> I want you to tell me um, what's a little bit of the history of the Advent wreath. I want you to tell me what each candle represents. And I want a picture of where you're going to put, well, yeah, yeah, you can send me a picture. You can email me a picture just of where you're going to put the Advent wreath in your home. Just, and it can be a little corner. I don't care. It doesn't have to be a big area. It doesn't have to be, I don't care how messy it is. I don't care if there's laundry around. Trust me <laughs> with four kids. Good Lord. You better let me know before you're coming. Now I'd, I'd have to prepare before somebody comes to my house, um, in, in order to make sure everything's in order. Um, but that's what I want to, I want to see this. I want if you send me an email, um, with the history of the Advent wreath, just a few lines, doesn't have to be a big essay. Tell me what you know about the Advent wreath. Tell me what you know about each candle of the Advent wreath. Um, and just send me a quick pic of where you're going to put in your home. Or if you don't want to send me a pic, or if some people say they're not tech savvy, you can just tell me, you know, this is where I want to put it in my home. It's not a very, very big Advent wreath. Gosh, it'd probably cover an area of 12 by 12, 12 inches by 12 inches. It's not, uh, it's not going to be huge, but I want to send that out to any of our listeners because I want us to prepare in our hearts for Advent. And in fact, I'm not going to go over the, the Advent wreath today. I'll wait until I get some of the responses from our listeners, um, to see, um, what what uh what you're saying and and what you think the advent wreath's all about and what you've learned because it's always good to learn from each other uh from our catholic faith but what i will do is i will share a patient story um when it comes to death and dying and preparation you know there's in the last few years there's been a lot of death out there and it's not good you know whether it be because of uh, people died of covid death whether people were still dying of of whether it be you know heart conditions or cancers or things like that it's never pretty um but this patient was a little bit different because they were in my psychiatric clinic, of course, uh, and they came in and it was a different kind of death. And this is, I think, a more important death than the physical death. You know, this was a young man. He was in his 30s and he decided uh, to share with me something he'd never shared. And he told me, you know, Dr. Sandoval, I've been coming in this time, all this time for actually probably came in to see me three or four years. Uh, and he said, I've been coming in for three or four years and I've got to be honest with you that I haven't been honest with you. And I was like, okay, well, what's going on? You know, we'll call him Timmy. Why not? So I said, Timmy, what's going on? What, what happened? And he said, you know, I haven't been honest about something you've been treating me and, um, and I keep taking the medication and it doesn't seem to be working. Well, let me give you a little background on this guy. He was, he'd come to me and he was telling me he was suffering from depression, some anxiety, getting some basic medication, no big deal. He was going to therapy. Um, and, uh, he had a, he had a fine job, he had a little office job and he just kept telling me how things weren't going right in his life and his office job, it was okay. And he was making a good living, but he didn't, you know, feel like it was where he wanted to be. He was looking for something else and he just could never do things right in relationships. He felt very, very alone, you know, and I think a lot of people feel that way during the, the holiday season. A lot of times, you know, we're supposed to be happy and all the commercials are supposed to be happiness, but it's very easy to feel very alone, uh, during the holiday season. Uh, a lot of people feel down and out and lonely and some people suffer from something called seasonal affective disorder where when it gets dark and um, uh, change in season all of a sudden depression will set in very very common you know so don't want anybody to feel like that's a weakness or anything like that it just happens you know you feel happy in the summer and all of a sudden in the winter you're feeling down sometimes that can happen in reverse sometimes it can happen where in the uh, um, in the summertime sometimes people feel down it depends I've had like two patients like that not as common um, but it can happen Anyway, so this patient comes into me and he says, you know, I got to share with you. I haven't been honest. I said, what's going on? He said, you know, I've been taking the medication and it's okay. And it hasn't gotten that much better. But, um, he said, uh, I've been really dealing with something and I'm really embarrassed to tell you, and I don't want 
anybody to know about this? And I said, of course, you know, all of our meetings are confidential and nobody needs to know. I will never reveal any names. I will never reveal uh, any details. We just talk about <clears throat> situations and conditions that maybe other people might relate to just like we're doing now. And I, and he said, you know, I've had this addiction uh, to pornography for a while and it's really been ruining my life. And I said, well, what's going on? He said, well, you know, ever, ever in, even before I came in to see you, <clears throat> he said, I, um, I, uh, I've been seeing pornography like every day and like sometimes three times a day, like I'll actually schedule breaks to go do this. He said, it's a, it's a real problem. Um, and I've, I've been trying to battle it. I've been trying to, to deal with it, but I just don't know how, uh, and I don't know how to get rid of it. And he said, and I've, I've, uh, even looked online to see if there's any support groups and there are, there's some sexaholic support groups and things like that. And he said, but even that wasn't, uh, very helpful. Uh, and he said, what I found really disheartening too, was I would look at some a website looking for help. And sometimes people, I would see some websites where they would uh, really put guys down and you know, they can actually, sex addiction can happen to guys or girls, but he was looking, he was speaking from a man's point of view. And he said, I was looking at it and they said that some of these websites were like, oh guys, you know, they like this stuff. So there's, there's no such thing as an addiction or, you know, the addiction, that's, that's just what they're saying, but they're just feeling guilty because they were taught differently. They were brainwashed when they were kids and they were told that this was wrong and that this was bad for them. Um, when in reality, it's a celebration of the human body. Um, <clears throat> and that's all it really is. Well, he found that, um, that was very disheartening because for him, he said, it makes me feel like what I'm going through is not real and that I shouldn't be in pain, but I'm feeling this pain and I'm feeling a lot of guilt and I've been feeling it for a long time and I don't know what to do about it. I don't know what to do about it. Well, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about how this situation was handled and exactly what we did about it. More on the other side of the break. All right. Well, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Louise Sandoval Show. As always, a pleasure to be here with all of our listeners. I hope you're enjoying our content here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. If there's ever, ever any uh, topics you want discussed on this show, anything that you think might be interesting or important to share, I will always keep everything confidential. No names will be shared. Uh, and uh, I think it's great because we can learn from each other. I know that I always learn from our listeners and I actually learn how to be more Catholic from our listeners. And I think that that's always helpful. Quick reminder, uh, our spiritual warfare conference, I know that you just probably heard of the commercial for it, but it's always an exciting conference to have. I know that uh, we focus a lot on uh, spiritual warfare and how to fight the demons in our lives. And that can be really interesting. But I think if nothing else, I think it's, it's for me, it's a way to think of how do I get closer to God? Because that's really our goal. You know, our goal is not to fight demons or that's a, that's a side effect of being Catholic. Um, it's just, we, we know that we have to have these weapons and, and this armament in order to improve our lives. Um, because our goal is to get to God and on our way to God, there's going to be pitfalls. There's going to be pitfalls and we got to learn how to get out of those pitfalls so we can continue to have our focus solely on Christ and not on these pesky demons. That spiritual warfare conference is coming up January 29th and 30th. It is uh, 25, uh, excuse me, $75 per person. It's going to be at the St. Joseph Catholic Church in Pomona. The address for that is 1150 West Holt Avenue, Pomona, California, 91768. I will uh, assist at the conference. I will be there because um, we have, you know, we have Father Chad Ripperger there. How could that not be uh, pretty awesome? That's going to be a Saturday and a Sunday. Um, so I will try to be there both days. 
and uh, I think it's going to be great. I think it'll be, it'll be fun to, to listen to the talks and take notes and learn how to be uh, better at our spiritual warfare. So hopefully I'll see some of our listeners there uh, and we can uh, powwow or chat and see what's important and what's going on in our lives and how to best defeat these demons so that we can focus wholly on Christ. All right, well, today we are talking about Advent, but we're talking about Advent as a time of death. Interesting to think of it that way, right? Because Dr. Sandoval, why are we talking about death? You're bringing down the house. Come on, you're making it really, uh, you're bringing down the mood in here. I want to talk about Christmas. I want to talk about, you know, some uh, lighting some candles, and uh, but around the house, not the Advent wreath. The Advent wreath is kind of blah. It's off to the side, you know. It, it, it kind of brings me down a little bit. I want to talk about, uh, you know, lighting up the Christmas tree. I want to talk about, um, you know, hey, let's talk about what kind of what, what decorations we're going to have at the party. Let's make everything red and green. It's fun. Yeah, Christmas Christmas time is fun, but I think we need to start celebrating it after Christmas. I think I really want to focus on Advent and maybe decorate the house in some purples and pinks um, before Christmas comes just to help remind myself and remind the kids and remind the family that, hey, we're preparing. We are preparing for Christ. And in order to prepare for Christ, there actually has to be a moment of death. You know, Christ showed us that. There's no question about that. We're definitely easy to talk about that during Lent, uh, right? And during Lent, we understand that. There's no decoration during Lent. We wait until Easter to celebrate. Christmas time should kind of be the same way. It's just that we kind of jumped the horse a little bit because we like to get into the holiday season. We got Thanksgiving going. That was celebratory. Hey, why is it going to stop? It's hard to put the brakes on that and then start it up again for Christmas. But, you know, hopefully we can start to, to look at that a little bit and say, you know, what is it that we're doing here? Am I, am I ready for Christmas? Have I prepared for Christmas? Well, before the break, I was talking about a young man who I had seen in clinic uh, who was struggling with some very real things. He was struggling with a sex addiction. Well, more importantly, actually, it was uh, more specifically a pornography addiction. He said he wasn't going out and acting on it, um, <clears throat> you know, outside of, of seeing pornography. He wasn't going out to, to seek illicit um, rendezvous or anything along those lines. And he didn't even have a girlfriend. But what he shared with me is that at that time that he was very sad because his life was in shambles and he felt that he was being controlled and ruled by pornography. And nowadays, you know, back in the day, gosh, you'd have to go somewhere. We'd have something called a red light district in different cities of the world. Um, if you wanted to engage in any kind of, uh, sexual activities outside of marriage or outside of what was society uh, accepted by society, um, there was always a district for, for that. Um, but nowadays that's come to us, right? So now with the advent of the internet and, um, there's no, there's no, uh, district, the, the district has come to us. We're surrounded by it. And there's any time that we think we're doing this and we can do it privately without anybody seeing it. Of course, we know that sin affects all of us, but, um, but you know, we're in a, and we're in a situation now where this poor guy's like, Hey, I need to take a break and I actually use my phone, you know, to, to log in and to see this stuff. And, um, I just don't know how to stop. I don't know how to stop. And it's really gotten me down. He'd mentioned how, uh, you know, I was training for depression and anxiety. It didn't seem to get any better. And we tried medication and we talked about, we had normally just talked about life issues. He hadn't brought up this issue of pornography before. Uh, but when he did bring it up, it made me think, gosh, how am I going to help him out with this? What is it that we got to do? Um, you know, this is the first time he brought it up and I thought I knew him pretty well for a long time. Um, but you know, I didn't know about this aspect of his life. I couldn't know. I, I'm not a psychic. I don't know how to uh, um, figure out something that's not revealed to me just yet in that sense. You know, and I say that to a lot of my patients. I, I can only help you with what you tell me, uh, what you don't tell me. I don't know how to help you. But so what happened with him? 
uh, we started talking about, well, what's this pattern? How's it been, you know, it's been going on for a while. What's it like for you? What, what would it mean really more than anything else for you to not do this? What would it look like if you chose to not um, look at pornography? What would it look like if you chose to not uh, look at your phone? Is that possible? Or what does that do to you? He said, you know, it's just this drive. I just can't stop. Like if, if I tried not to, I said, well, what if you all of a sudden you didn't have your phone for a day? You know, is it strictly your phone or do you go to computers? Oh, well, no, I mean, I never use my work computer. So it's strictly my phone. Okay. Well, what if you left your, your phone at home for a day? Would that really be the worst thing in the world? Would it, would it kill you? Would it, um, he said, well, I, I've just never been without my phone. I said, okay, well, what, do you have a locker at work or what if you leave it in your car or what if you leave it somewhere secure, you know, not somewhere where it's going to be stolen, but what, what if you lock it up somewhere and put it away? You know, you can get it later, but just leave it somewhere where you're not going to have access to it during the day. He said, yeah, you know, I can try that. We'll see. So he tried a few different things and it was really, really hard uh, for him to do that. Um, I mentioned prayer. He wasn't very religious, shall we say, uh, but I mentioned prayer and well, he thought about his spiritual life and he was okay with that. He thought that would be okay. Uh, he started to do that a little bit. Um, and then, you know, after a while we said, gosh, you know, if you really want to cut this off and it's been so ingrained, we really have to kill it. Like there's gotta be a way to kill it. And he wasn't sure exactly what that meant. And I said, well, you know, it's something that's part of your life. It's something that's coming after you. I go, and it sounds to me like an animal, like a wild animal that's just kind of chasing you. And, you know, every once in a while, if you, if, if you don't get on the computer, it's, you're going to be gnawed by it or something. And he said, you know, it's kind of what it feels like. He said, it feels like I'm being attacked. And not only am I being attacked, but if I don't, uh, if I, don't, I feel like if I don't look at this, that, that attack gets even more intense. And all of a sudden I look at it and it's like a release, like, whew, for the moment it's a release of, of this internal anxiety going on. But then all of a sudden I start to feel guilty and I start to feel bad. And so I think we have to kill this animal. We have to die to it. So ultimately what he did was I was praying for him. Of course, he wasn't very much of a religious bent, but I told him I'd be praying for him. He was fine with that. Uh, he didn't have any problem with that. And I think that that's good. Um, but ultimately what he did is he said, I got to get rid of this phone. And, uh, I told him, yeah, I think you do. I think you got to get rid of that phone and actually get a new phone. And in fact, on your new phone, when you get it, you got to put some blockers, some site blockers or something. You got to start new. You got to die to the old phone. That old phone's got to die because all of a sudden that phone, guess what? You know, if you talk to exorcists, if you talk to anybody, they're going to tell you that phone's got attachments to it. You know, if you ever listen to, uh, if you go on YouTube, there's a great exorcist who speaks. He's a Polish priest. I believe he was working in England for a while. And he was an exorcist. His name's Father Peter Glass, G-L-A-S is his last name, first name Peter. Um, and he talks about that. He talks about how um, he's talked to people who have been uh, influenced by the demonic, influenced by evil. He talks about how they've been, you know, looking at pornography on the on their computers. And he tells them, you got to get rid of the computer. So that computer has been infected now. That computer has an attachment to it, a demonic attachment to it that's leading you to this pornography. And I thought about that with this uh, young man because I thought he told me, you know, no, it's strictly this phone. I only use this phone. I said, get rid of the phone. Just get rid of that phone. Start with a brand new phone. Start fresh and put some site blockers on there if you're worried about it or something along those lines. And he told me, so he did. He actually did that and it worked, believe it or not. It actually worked. He got rid of his old phone. He just tossed it. He got rid of it didn't even think twice, got a brand new phone, put some site blockers on it. The interesting thing is that he told me, you know, when he got rid of that phone, he had, he had the, the two phones together at the same time for at one point. And he said, you know, they felt different. He said like this new brand new phone, it felt light and it felt clean. And he said, it's the same phone, it's the same model. He just got a new phone of the same model. He said the other phone felt heavy and it felt like it was like there was 
something attached to it. He could see, he could say, you know, there was like that phone was bad all of a sudden, like it had, it had become bad, even though they were the same material thing, but spiritually, metaphysically, he said, this other phone already had, it carried something with it. The brand new phone. He said, I got some sight blockers on there, but believe it or not, Dr. Sandoval, he said, I don't even, even with the sight blockers, whether I think that whether the sight blockers were there or not, he's all, I don't feel that drive anymore. He got the new phone and all of a sudden everything cleared up. You know, his depression and anxiety, he still had a little bit of depression and anxiety. I'm not going to say he didn't take medication. Um, he still took some medication for it, you know, but he said, but it's a different, whole different world. He said, I don't have this drive. I don't have this nine feeling like whatever that beast was, whatever that animal was that was nine at me. He said, that's totally gone. And this brand new phone, yeah, I put some sight blockers on it. He's like, but believe it or not, I could take the sight blockers off. I still don't feel that drive. That I just, that whatever was there is, is completely gone. And I think that that's that preparation. He had to die to that phone. Could there have been some demonic attack, uh, attachments to that phone? Sure. Why not? You know, it, it's going to get, the demons can get in anywhere they want. You open the door a little bit, you give them a crack, you give them 2%, they want 1% and they're going to take over. There's, there's no question about it. That's their nature. They, all they're going to do is destroy. So can they get attached to your phone? Sure. If you've been using it for pornography and things of that nature, um, can they get attached to a drug dealer? Yeah, sure. If somebody's uh, hooked on drugs, you know, gosh, give yourself an injection of something and can there be a demon that comes in with that? Sure. Why not? You know, that can happen. You know, it's whatever we open ourselves to and we got to close those doors. We got to die to those doors. Now in his particular case, in the particular case of this patient, he had to get rid of that phone. He had to die to that phone. He had to kill that phone. He had to get rid of that. He had to get the new phone and the new phone was clean and he had to do everything to keep it clean. But the difference is there wasn't an attachment anymore. Now, can we say that that old phone was like cursed? We could, I mean, we could say that it was cursed. It was possessed. You could say whatever you want about that. <clears throat> what I would say is it had an attachment to it. It's almost like what we call a fortuna, you know, in, in the spiritual world, in the medical world, if anybody's uh, familiar with medical terms, we have what we call fomites. And a fomite is anything that has germs attached to it. So, you know, there's dirty tissues on the ground and somebody's been using it to blow their nose. Well, that's a fomite. It's carrying some bacteria, some bad stuff. It's dirty, right? So uh, you got to get rid of that. I'm not going to keep those. I'm going to have new tissues for to, to clean people. Um, in the same way in the spiritual world, we can have fortunas, which have a, this negative, dirty attachment to it. Some, bac some demonic bacteria, if you will, that you got to get rid of. So in his particular case, got rid of the phone and started brand new. More on that topic when we come back from the break because Advent is a time where we're going to dive to things and we're going to start brand new too. All right, welcome back to Dr. Luis Sandoval Show here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. As always, it's a pleasure to be here uh, with our listeners. Uh, here we are in the Advent season. It's exciting time because really in Advent, we are dying for life. You know, what are you dying for? Boy, I'm dying for a nice cup of coffee right now. Yeah, actually, I was just talking to my producer, Richard, about that. <laughs> I had my coffee this morning. So we got to get myself a, a nice cup of coffee. Got to love the coffee. Um, but, um, you know, what are you dying for? Are you dying for a brand new bike on Christmas? Mike, tell you my kids are dying for toys on Christmas. Everybody's dying for something, but are we dying for life? I am dying for life, Dr. Sandoval. That's what I want in my life. I want life in my life. Um, believe it or not, we can have death in our life. Before the uh, break, we were talking about a case of a young man who I was seeing uh, who came to me and he was suffering from a pornography addiction and it was his phone that he was looking at this on. And, you know, ultimately he had to get rid of the phone. He had to get rid of the phone because that phone had some attachments to it. And I do believe that. I do believe, you know, there, people are going to say, Dr. Sandoval, you're a kooky. You know, how is that possible? Nope. 
I believe in quantum physics and I believe that there's different dimensions and I believe that the other dimension is the dimension of eternity and it's a dimension of heaven, hell, and purgatory. And why not? You know, God tells us about that. Why not believe in other dimensions? I tell you, the physicists will believe in it. They'll tell you about quantum uh, mechanics, quantum physics, quantum uh, different dimensions. We like to look at shows like Star Trek where there's different dimensions. And um, the reality is that there is a different dimension. It's a spiritual dimension. We just kind of don't see it. There's a very thin veil that separates us from the spiritual world, but yet we're in contact with the spiritual world. How do we know this? You know, we can say, oh, you know, the spiritual world. But boy, when we start seeing horror movies and we say, oh yeah, this demon showed up or that, people get into that, right? They get into they get into the dark side of the other dimension, but we never get into the light side of it, or it's not as exciting, it seems. Um, and really in this Advent season, I think that that's part of what we got to do. This young man had an addiction for a few years and he was looking at pornography on his phone. And I think that he was touching that other dimension in a very dark way. <clears throat> I think his phone ended up being the conduit, the portal for some attachments. Uh, and by the time he was able to get rid of that phone, he got the new phone and the new phone did not have any attachments to it. The new phone was pure. He died to the old phone and he brought in the new phone and guess what? His addiction went away. Now let's be realistic. That's not to say that his, some of his symptoms of depression weren't there and he was being treated, but he did not feel depressed anymore. You know, he did not feel depressed in the same way. The medication started actually doing what it was supposed to do because there was nothing hindering it from actually working. And I think that that's one of the bigger problems that we have in life. And I think that this is where Advent comes in. When we are uh, attached to things, it hinders us from leading a full life. It hinders us from dying for life. It hinders us from wanting life. We get trapped and we get trapped in our own little world. And all of a sudden, we start to little by little start to die. <clears throat> we, st we die in different ways. Yeah, we can say we still exist. Dr. Samuel, I'm still alive. Well, you exist, but are you alive? There's a big difference from that. You know, we all exist. God gave us existence, but he also gave us a choice for life or death. You know, how many people do you see in this world who they exist in this world, but you say, gosh, they're just dying. You know, and we can look at, unfortunately, sometimes people in the homeless population or people who are better at one is people who are just doing drugs. I've Gosh, sadly, sad to say, as uh, the, the homeless population kind of increased in certain areas of, of where I live, and I've seen now things that we didn't see before. I see people living on the streets, and they're sitting there on my way to work. I drive in, and I see them hunched over uh, with needles in their arms or on the floor. I see people on the side just kind of doing drugs all day, um, sitting there on the sidewalks and whatnot. And can we really say that they're experiencing life the way God wanted it? Well, you know, they're existing, they're living a certain life, but I think that there's more to life than that. I think it's a, it's a sad situation when we need escapes, uh, from this world, from our reality. But I think that Advent is a great time for us to come to terms with what do I need to die to? I need to die to death so that I can live life. Um, it's an interesting concept. If you think about it, I got to die to death. I got to let that, which is going to bring me down go. Um, and I need to open myself up to life. Guess what though? There's a kicker to this. There's a kicker to Advent. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. I think that that's why we do penance during Lent and Advent when we're preparing uh, for life because we're supposed to be a time of penance. And now the sad part with Advent is that we start having Christmas parties, right? Even beforehand, oh, there's the office Christmas party. There's this Christmas party. So let's bring out all the goodies and let's bring out all the, the sweets and the sugars and celebrate and, and the ciders and the great drinks. You know, we how many times have we heard about, hey, we should really be fasting during Advent. We should fast a little bit. We should... Um, not have certain foods or, or keep it at a minimum. We're really good at doing that during Lent. You know, during Lent, gosh, we got to fast. I got to give something up. 
you know, during Lent, we talk about death all the time. Not, we don't use the word death, but we say, yeah, what are you giving up for Lent? Well, what giving up means that what are you dying to, right? What is it that you're going to get rid of in your life? And hopefully we die to something that we're not going to bring back. Sometimes people say, oh, I'm going to give up chocolate. Okay. Well, you're going to bring that back in your life. I think it'd be best that we could say, you know what? I'm going to die to gossiping. I'm going to try to not talk about it. Even if I know it's true, even if I know, you know, it's so juicy to get that out there. A little juicy gossip is always great. And it feels so good to commiserate with people and tell them, Ooh, guess what I heard. Right. But maybe I need to die to that a little bit. Maybe I'm going to say, you know what? I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to, even if I know it's true, even if I know it would be such a fun time to discuss that with my friends, I think I'm going to let it go. I think I'm going to, uh, uh, not do that. I'm instead, I'm going to die to that so that I can have life. I'm going to try to find, if I heard something, if I heard gossip about somebody, I'm going to try to find something positive about that person. And I'm going to share that with other people. Um, so that in the midst of them saying, Hey, you know what I heard? I go, you know what? I don't know about that, but what I do know is that this is something really good that they did, or I really like the way that they did this or gosh, even, you know, I remember one time there was a, a story of a saint who they said, you know, they live in community and it was really, really a good community, but there were some of the, of the fellow brothers, they were, they were monks, some of the fellow monks that were hard to get along with. And there was one who was particularly hard to get along with. Nobody get along with him, but he was part of the community. And even on his deathbed, the saint said, you know, that monk who nobody gets along with, can you say something nice about him? And, he, and the saint said, you know, he always had very polished shoes. So even if you can't find the, the least of the things, there's something that you can always find about somebody that's good. And I think we need to die to the gossip, to the frustrations, um, and find positive things in other people. But I think we also need to do that for ourselves. If I start to die to my bad habits, if I start to die to what's keeping me from Christ, I think I need to die to that so that I can have life, you know, dying to death. I'm going to die to death. I'm going to get rid of the, uh, metaphorically, whatever phone is keeping me trapped. You know, we all have our phones, if you will. Uh, I can use phone as an example. You know, this guy had his phone and that's where he was uh, caught. That's where he was seeing pornography. But you know, other people have different things that they've got going on. Other people have different addictions. You know, am I going to die to, do I come home and, and get frustrated with my wife all day long? Or do I tell her something positive? Do I come home and tell the kids that they're a burden and get out of my chair? Or do I say, Hey, what are you doing in terms of your homework? How's life going on? You know, we forget that we influence each other, uh, every day and that we, uh, that we do open doors one way or another. If I am positive, I decide, you know what, I'm going to die to all these things and I am, I'm going to show some positivity. I'm going to open the door po to positivity in my life. And my view is going to be positive. I'm going to start looking for what is more godlike, what is more virtuous, you know, and I'm going to start leading my life that way, regardless of what other people think. I think that that's the key right there. It doesn't matter what other people think. If I start to celebrate Advent in my uh, household, um, and I put my Advent wreath up before any Christmas decorations and people come in and they're going to be like, whoa, where's the Christmas stuff? Yep, you know, we're in Advent. We're not in Christmas yet. So we'll see, you know, a manger is always nice, but we don't put baby Jesus in there until Christmas day, right? We're in preparation for baby Jesus. If we start doing that, am I preparing my heart? Am I dying to things in my heart? Get rid of things in my heart uh, that don't belong there. Things that are going to bring me down so I can allow Christ to live in my heart. Again, uh, I'm going to give away an Advent wreath. So if you can email me at dr.dr.sandovalvmpr at gmail.com, email me with your address where it can be sent to. Uh, it won't be a very big Advent wreath, but hopefully it'll be nice. It'll be like 12 by 12 space, uh, you know, <clears throat> that you can put it somewhere in your home. I want you to tell me in the email, tell me about, give me a little bit of history on the Advent uh, wreath. Tell me what each of the candles represents. 
um, and let me know where you're going to put it in this house. I said, you could send me a little picture or you can uh, just tell me, Hey, this is where it's going to go in my house and, and what it's going to mean to me and my family. I think we need to bring Advent back. We're pretty good about Christmas. We're pretty good about thinking about Christmas, but I think we need to be, bring Advent back. And if we do, if we start talking about Advent more and preparing and sacrificing, I got a feeling that we're going to have a much more eventful Christmas, a much more lively Christmas, a much more life-filled Christmas in Christ. And that's what's going to be the bottom line. Let Christ be born in our hearts. Let Christ be the life of our hearts. And in order to do that, we're going to have to die to some of these other things. A few um, <clears throat> a few final thoughts um, before our show ends here. I know that we're winding down. But <clears throat> people say, well, where is Advent in the Bible? Um well, there's not really an Advent in the Bible, right? Because it's not like it's something that we saw there. But at the same time, the Bible's always going to give us preparation, uh, um, excuse me, verses about preparations. <clears throat> and preparation really should come with it. It should be hope. You know, it should be hope that we think about and that we're going to bring to ourselves. Um, there was a beautiful um, <clears throat> reading in Isaiah, uh, which I thought was great. And so I just kind of wanted to read a little bit about that read it a little bit on at the end here. Um, there's, it starts with Isaiah chapter 11 verses one through 10. And it says, then a shoot would spring from the stem of Jesse and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. And he will not judge by, by what his eyes see, nor make a decision by white, by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he will judge the poor and decide with fairness for the affliction of the earth. And he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Also righteousness will be the belt about his loins and faithfulness the belt about his waist. And the wolf will dwell with the lamb and the leopard will lie down with the young goat and the calf and the young lion and the fainting and the faulting forever. And the little boy will lead them. Also the cow and the bear will graze. Their young will lie down together. And the lion will eat straw like the ox. The nursing child will play by the hole of the cobra. And the weaning child will put his hand on the viper's den. But they will not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord. And the waters cover the sea. Then in that day the nations will resort to the root of Jesse who will stand as a signal for the peoples and his resting place will be glorious. That's really what it's about. That's what Advent is about. Again, that was Isaiah 11, one through 10. When we read about that, the shoot of Resi, the shoot of, uh, will spring from the stem of Jesse. That's Christ coming into our hearts. I like reading that because it helps me to prepare and think for this Christmas season. I got to die to everything so that Christ can live in everything. And when Christ does live in everything, we're going to have nothing but peace. We're going to have the lion and the lamb living together in peace. I want that peace in my life. I want that peace in my heart. I want that peace for my family. And I want that peace for all of our listeners. So until next time, this is Dr. Luis Sandoval say, saying, hey, keep it Catholic. Let's go ahead and think Catholic so that we can uh, live Catholic, so we can be Catholic. And until next week, we'll see you here at the clinic at the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email me and we'll be in touch. Until next time, may God bless you, and I ask you to pray for me, and I will be praying for you as well. We'll see you next week here at the clinic.